This week was my final 100 km to Santiago de Compostela. Many people begin their entire route from here, for me, it was the beginning of the end, of a very long walk. Now that I am in Galicia, a new language has been introduced again, a subtle change in culture and architecture. It is so interesting to see the subtle changes. The terrain is flatter and now includes many forests, and little services. The week began great, leaving before sunrise to walk to Vilalpa, I enjoyed my first walk in mostly sunshine for many days. I got some brilliant photos, and whilst my foot was sore, I was full of positivity. Especially once I saw the first road sign to Santiago. It finally felt within reach. I made my way to a cafe, which I found then to be closed, but hung around outside looking sad until the nice Spanish lady let me in. She opened up just for me and I had a hot chocolate, and a long conversation in Spanish about politics in Galicia. Very good practice. Before I knew it, I had made it to the hostel. I was all on my own at the hostel, and it was one kilometer outside of town, so I had an interesting attempt at ordering a delivery. After a long struggle, I finally had my cheeseburger and chocolate brownie, snuggled up in my sleeping bag. Falalpa is a nice town, with lots of shops and services, a little castle. It would make a good rest day stop, if I had not been so eager to finish. The walk to Bamond was very rainy and had many roads, except at the beginning where there was a pretty boardwalk route through a park along the river. It was only 22 kilometers but a big struggle with an already very sore foot and knees. Thankfully, I had some company in the second half, in the form of a lovely pilgrim from Switzerland. He had already walked 2,000 kilometers, and was already ready to get to Santiago by now. I love walking alone, but it is nice to have someone else to listen to other than your own thoughts sometimes. Eventually, we made it to our hostel, and enjoyed a lovely dinner together of baby squid again, of course. Bamond is a very small place, but it is also the marker point for being 100 kilometers from Santiago de Compostela. This makes it a starting point for many people's journey. For me, it was a beautiful sign that my journey was almost complete. The next day I had a choice to make. I could do one long day of at least 32 kilometers to the next stage or take another route over two days, doing 15 kilometers, then 25 kilometers. The guy from Switzerland wanted me to join him for the big hike, but my foot hurt too much. I decided to stick with my plan of long afternoon rests and went with two days. So we went our separate ways, with an agreement to celebrate together in Santiago. The 15 kilometers to the little village of Miraz, turned out to be really enjoyable, despite my pain. The sun came out for me, and I could take lots of breaks as the walk was shorter. I walked with a herd of cows for at least one kilometer which was a fun experience, and I even came across a house where the owner made his own special pilgrim stamp. I knocked on the door, and he especially came out, lit a fire, melted some wax and stamped my passport. On arrival to the village, I relaxed, soothed my feet and counted the days to Santiago. The next day was my last walk over 25 kilometers, to Sobrado das Monxes. The weather was very bad again, and the poncho was on all day. There were very little places to sit and no bars to use as refuge until I was an hour from the end. The landscape was quite different, more boulders and I could sense that I was now very high from sea level, making it much more windy. I did spend two hours of the walk with three local Spanish guys. We chatted in Espanol, which was great practice for me. They walked the last 100 kilometers of the Camino every seven years on holy years on the run-up to Christmas. So, they were fresh to the walk, on their first day, 
and so much quicker than me, who at this point is limping. I have been limping for about five days now. After a few hours I told them to go ahead of me, so I could take a break. Several hours later I arrived in Sobrato. I was in a lovely hotel this night that overlooked the monastery in town. There was an option to sleep in the monastery with the monks, but at this point I just needed comfort and a hot bath. It was amazing to lay in hot water and soothe my muscles. The next day I left a bit later so that I could explore the beautiful monastery. I wanted to take the mass but the timings did not work with my schedule. The monastery is beautiful, and I almost missed a massive section of it where the door was out of sight. Thankfully, a nice monk pointed me in the right direction, and we had a good chat. Apparently, they don't use the large part of the church for masses anymore, instead it can be used for weddings. Very fancy. Then by 11 a.m., I was on my 22 kilometers walk to Erzua, and on to the home stretch now. I cannot say anything good about this stretch of the walk. The rain never stopped, and I was in agony. I actually attempted to change my socks, in wet shoes, at one point, and squeezed about a pint of dirty water from them. There were many roads, and little places to rest. When I made it to Erzua, I was relieved and exhausted. Erzua is quite a big town, and the joining point for the Camino del Norte with the more popular Camino Francis. This meant I would finally be able to send my backpack ahead of me for two days. Now that my entire body is sore, this is great news. The next day started with irritation to get my backpack sent off, and with trying to fight for a chance to use the one plug outlet to charge my phone, that was shared by 40 people. The rain this day was the worst there has been throughout, plus strong wind. I did not have my backpack though, so I felt light and quick for the first time in months. It was great. Whilst, I was still in pain and very wet, I found myself feeling very grateful, for life. Grateful to have the opportunity to be alive and here. I also saw many other pilgrims along the way now, and I was able to get some sick satisfaction that I was not suffering the path alone. I can now identify a pilgrim with ease. The key identifiers are Backpack and poncho Obsession with stamps Hiking boots and poles Tortured look and eyes Broken Spanish or use of the phrase Tanta Uvia Sportswear Dirty and smelly looking. Walking with a limp, we all have the same one. This day I spent the afternoon walking with a very lost-looking 20-year-old girl from China. She had only started a few days before, and was not well prepared. She only had a small puffer jacket, trainers, a little bag, no sleeping bag, and an umbrella that consistently turned inside out. She was struggling to find her way, and so I offered to help. We walked through absolute rivers to get to the next stop in Pedruzo, but whilst I was ankle deep in water, all I could do was accept it, laugh and keep singing along. After one final night in a pilgrim hostel, a very cold damp night, I finally made my last big walk to just outside Santiago, Monte del Gozo. The walk was a lot drier, only raining half the day. It was also an even mix of walking through woodland and road, which was good for the feet. The best part, came at the end when I visited the Pilgrim Monument overlooking my final destination, Santiago de Compostela. The monument is 600 meters off route on a hill, but worth a view. After this, I took a well-deserved rest at a hotel outside the city, and found some much-needed moisturizer for my poor feet. The last part of my pilgrimage came the next morning, with a final four kilometers walk to the cathedral, and to receive my certificate. Santiago de Compostela the outside of the city is modern and industrial, 
with many neighborhoods as you would expect. The exciting part is when you arrive in the old part of the city. There are many small plazas, arch-covered walkways and historic buildings. I began to see the towers of the cathedral from quite far out, and as I approached it, the streets became more winding and maze-like. The closer I got to the cathedral, the more pilgrims I saw from all over the world, and with all the different gear on their backs or bikes. No one arriving on horseback though. A large plaza faces the breathtaking cathedral, with three other historic buildings, one of which is a very pricey hotel. I was lucky to arrive when it was not raining, and we were all angling for the best shots. After admiring the outside decoration for a while, I made my way to the pilgrim's mass. All in Spanish, the mass was difficult to follow, but the vibe was still nice and unexpectedly they swung the Botafumero, big incense burner, across the cathedral transepts, which is a well-recognized symbol of the church. After mass, I spent some time admiring the cathedral, and went a little crazy buying souvenirs. I then wandered around a little and came across another Christian building that seemed to be quite intriguing. The Monastery of San Martín Pinario, now partially used for a hotel, school, and museum. The main church is actually magnificent. Possibly more impressive in artwork than even the cathedral. The choir sits behind the main altar, which is unusual, and so you can actually go to the back of the main altar piece, and admire some amazing fine carpentry. You can also go upstairs and view the church from the galleries where a second choir resides. This was a lovely surprise. There is also an opportunity to look directly at the dome ceiling art. The museum also had some good pieces to admire, and this large attraction was only a few euros. That night I met up with my new friend from Switzerland for our celebratory dinner, and we toasted to our success in making it to the end. He had arrived a few days before me, and told me where he had been shopping for new clothes. Now that I had walked into the city in literally rags, I decided I needed to prioritize a bit of shopping. I took a bus from Praza Galicia for only one euro out to a big shopping mall, and spent a long while tracking down the right pair of jeans, romantic face, I don't know why the Spanish only sell skinny jeans? I have now walked 828 kilometers and these thighs still cannot fit in them. In the end I found some mum style ones, a bit embarrassing but oh well. It is good to be back in denim. After my shopping spree, I decided to make a visit to the Museum of Pilgrimage. This museum is four floors and pilgrims can enter for free, thumbs up, the museum holds a mix of photographic exhibitions, historic artifacts and paintings. The collections explain the origin of the Camino de Santiago, Way of St. James, who James was, and how his tomb was discovered in Santiago. The museum also explains how the pilgrimage route has become more popular over the centuries and many pilgrims' experiences. The other pilgrimages from around the world and different religions are also discussed. This was very inspiring to me, and I was glad to see that the reasons I chose to walk the journey were echoed by others. Something else not to be missed at the museum, is going to the top floor. Here, I found up close views of the cathedral towers. The final thing I did before I went to bed, was visit the Café Casino, opposite my hotel for a little cheesecake. This is a gorgeous building that is now a swanky café and even has a grand piano being played, to really make you feel at peace. Overall, the Camino de Santiago has been a very unique experience. It has been a great opportunity to travel slowly, and see beautiful landscapes as well as small villages and towns, that you would not likely stop in, if you were traveling to your destination directly. The people I have met, and culture and traditions experienced can never be replaced. 
I had said that I could never walk so far again, but the more I think about it, the more I think I could be convinced.